<clears throat> Hare Krishna, my dear devotees. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, right here in the Haven, which is located in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I was just hearing Gopi Parandana Prabhu translate a part of the Skanda Purana in which uh, Sutta Goswami is describing how <clears throat> Uddhava appeared <clears throat> at the request of the queens of uh, Krishna uh, after they had been moved to uh, Mathura and were being protected by Bhadra, the grandson of Krishna, great-grandson of Krishna. And Sandhya Rishi was explaining how um, Krishna appears wherever the Bhagavatam is recited uh, sincerely. So I pray to the Vaishnavas that I may become sincere so that Krishna may appear whenever we read the Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami um, describes and glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam. It goes like this Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drikprada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths. You are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva-bhagavata-prana, Śrīmad-bhagavata-prabho, Kalidvandodita-aditya, Śrī Krishna-parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Śrīmad-bhagavatam, you are the sun, risen in the darkness of Kali. You were the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Premavarshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando madsangin madguro man mahadana manisdadaga madbhagya man madananda namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadu sadutadayin adini chuchatakara hanamun chagadachin mam primnarit kantayokspuda. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया सो वी रीच द ट्वेंटीथ चैप्टर ऑफ द फोर्थ कैंटो ऑफ श्रीमद् भागवतम एंड लॉर्ड विष्णु हैज अपीयर्ड इन द सैक्रिफिशियल अरेना ऑफ महाराज प्रीतु एंड देयर वाज अ वंडरफुल exchange between lord vishnu and prithu maharaj in which prithu maharaj glorified the lord so wonderfully and now lord vishnu has disappeared and he prithu maharaj is making prayers to all the personalities who were had attended his uh sacrifice we begin with text 35 and 36 <clears throat> King Prithu worshiped the demigods, the great sages, the inhabitants of Pitriloka, the inhabitants of Gandharvaloka, and those of Siddhaloka, Charanaloka, Panagaloka, Kinnaraloka, Apsaraloka, the earth planets. and the planets for the, of the birds he also worshiped many other living entities who presented themselves in the sacrificial arena with folded hands he worshiped all these as well as the supreme personality of godhead and the personal associates of the lord by offering sweet words and as much wealth as possible after this function They all went back to their respective abodes, following in the footsteps of Lord Vishnu. Purport. In modern so-called scientific society, the idea is very prevalent that there is no life on other planets, but that only on this earth do living entities with intelligence and scientific knowledge exist. The Vedic literatures however do not accept this foolish theory. The followers of Vedic wisdom are fully aware of various planets inhabited by varieties of living entities such as the demigods, the sages, the pitas, the gandharvas, the panagas, the kinaras, the charanas, the siddhas and the apsaras. The Vedas give information that in all planets not only within this material sky but also in the spiritual sky there are varieties of living entities although all these living entities are of one spiritual nature in quality the same as the supreme personality of godhead they have varieties of bodies due to the embodiment of the spirit soul by the eight material elements namely earth water fire air sky mind intelligence and false ego <clears throat> in the material world in the in the spiritual world however there is no distinction between the body and the embodied in the material world distinctive features are manifested in different types of bodies in the various planets we have full information from the vedic literature that in each and every planet both material and spiritual 
there are living entities of varied intelligence. The Earth is one of the planets of the Burloka planetary system. There are six planetary systems above Burloka and seven planetary systems below it. Therefore, the entire universe is known as Chatradasha Bhuvana, indicating that it has 14 different planetary systems. Beyond the planetary systems, in the material sky, there is another sky, which is known as Paravyoma, or the spiritual sky, where there are spiritual planets. The inhabitants of those of those the inhabitants of those, of those planets engage in varieties of loving service under the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which include different rasas or relationships known as Dasya rasa, Sakya rasa, Vatsalya rasa, Madhurya rasa, and above all, Parakya rasa. This Parakya rasa, or Paramore love, is prevalent in Krishna Loka, where Lord Krishna lives. This planet is also called Goloka Vrindavan, and although Lord Krishna lives there perpetually, he also expands himself in millions and trillions of forms. <clears throat> in one of such forms, he appears on this material planet in a particular place known as Vrindavan Dham, where he displays his original pastimes of Goloka Vrindavan Dham in the spiritual sky in order to attract the conditioned souls back home, back to Godhead. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Text 37 The infallible Supreme Personality of Godhead having captivated the minds of the king and the priests who were present returned to his abode in the spiritual sky. Purport Because the Supreme Personality of Godhead is all spiritual, He can descend from the spiritual sky without changing His body, and thus He is known as Achuta, or infallible. When a living entity falls down to the material world, however, He has to accept a material body, and therefore, in his material embodiment, he cannot be called a chuta, because he falls down from his real engagement in the service of the Lord. The living entity gets a material body to suffer or try to enjoy in, in the miserable material conditions of life. Therefore, the fallen living entity is chuta, whereas the Lord is called achuta. The Lord was attractive for everyone not only the king, but also the priestly order, who were very much addicted to the performance of Vedic rituals. Because the Lord is all-attractive, He is called Krishna, or one who attracts everyone. The Lord appeared in the sacrificial arena of Maharaj Prithu as Chirodakashai Vishnu, who was a plenary expansion of Lord Krishna. He is the second incarnation from Karunadakashai Vishnu who is the origin of material creation and who expands as Garbhodakashai Vishnu who then enters into each and every universe. 
Shirodakashai Vishnu is one of the Purushas who control the material modes of nature. Text 38 King Prithu then offered his respectful obeisances under the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who was the Supreme Lord of all demigods. Although not an object of material vision, the Lord revealed himself to the sight of Maharaj Prithu. After offering obeisances to the Lord, the king returned to his home. Purport The Supreme Lord is not visible to material eyes, but when the material senses are inclined to the transcendental loving service of the Lord and are thus purified, the Lord reveals himself to the vision of the devotee. Avyakta means unmanifested. Although the material world is the creation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is unmanifested to material eyes. Maharaj Prithu, however, developed spiritual eyes by his pure devotional service. Here, therefore, the Lord is described as Sandarshitatma, for he reveals himself to the vision of the devotee although he is not visible to ordinary eyes. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, twentieth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam entitled Lord Vishnu's Appearance in the Sacrificial Arena of Maharaj Prithu. All glories to Maharaj Prithu. All glories to the Supreme Lord Vishnu. All glories to all the attendants attendees of this sacrifice who were, who were able to also get the Lord's darshan and the darshan of Prithu Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Okay, moving on to chapter 21. Instructions by Maharaj Prithu. Text 1. <clears throat> the great sage Maitreya told Vidura, when the king entered his city, it was very beautifully decorated to receive him with pearls, flower garlands, beautiful cloth, and golden gates. And the entire city was perfumed with highly fragrant incense. Purport Real opulence is supplied by natural gifts such as gold, silver, pearls, valuable stones, fresh flowers, trees, and silken cloth. Thus the Vedic civilization recommends opulence and decoration with these natural gifts of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such opulence immediately changes the condition of the mind. and the entire atmosphere becomes spiritualized. King Prithu's capital was decorated with such highly opulent decorations. Text 2 Fragrant water distilled from sandalwood and a guru herb was sprinkled everywhere on the lanes, roads and small parks throughout the city and everywhere were directions of unbroken fruits, 
were decorations of unbroken fruits, flowers, wetted grains, varied, min varied minerals and lamps, all presented as auspicious paraphernalia. Text 3. As the street crossings, at the street crossings, there were bunches of fruits and flowers, as well as pillars of banana trees and betel nut branches. All these combined decorations everywhere looked very attractive. Text 4. As the king entered the, the gate of the city, all the citizens received him with many auspicious articles like lamps, flowers, and yogurt. The king was also received by many beautiful unmarried girls whose bodies were bedecked with various ornaments, especially with earrings which collided with one another. Purport Offerings of natural products such as betel nuts, bananas, new gro newly grown wheat, patty, yogurt, and vermilion carried by the citizens and scattered throughout the city are all auspicious paraphernalia according to Vedic civilization for receiving a prominent guest like a bridegroom, king, or spiritual master. Similarly, a welcome offered by unmarried girls who are in internally and externally clean and are dressed in nice garments and ornaments is also auspicious. Kumari, or unmarried girls untouched by the hand of any member of the opposite sex, are auspicious members of society. Even today, in Hindu society, the most conservative families do not allow unmarried girls to go out freely or mix with boys. They are very carefully protected by their parents while unmarried. After marriage, they are protected by their young husbands, and when elderly, they are protected by their children. When thus protected, women as a class remain as, a, as an all, always auspicious source of energy to man. Text 5 When the king entered the palace, conch shells and kettle drums were sounded. Priests chanted Vedic mantras and professional reciters offered different prayers. But in spite of all this ceremony to welcome the king, the king was not the least bit affected. Purport The reception given to the king was full of opulence, yet he did not become proud. It is said, therefore, that great personalities of power and opulence never become proud. And the example is given that a tree which is full of fruits and flowers does not stand erect in pride, but instead bends downwards to show submissiveness. This is the sign of the wonderful character of great personalities. Text 6 Both the important citizens and the common citizens welcomed the king very heartily, and he also bestowed upon them their desired blessings. Purport A responsible king 
was always approached, approachable by his citizens. Generally the citizens, great and common, all had an aspiration to see the king and take benediction from him. The king knew this, and therefore whenever he met the citizens, he immediately fulfilled their desires or mitigated their grievances. In such dealings, a responsible monarchy is better than a so-called democratic government in which no one is responsible to mitigate the grievances of the citizens who are unable to personally meet the supreme executive head. In a responsible monarchy, the citizens had no grievances against the government, and even if they did, they could approach the king directly for immediate satisfaction. Text 7 King Prita was greater than the greatest soul and was therefore worshipable by everyone. He performed many glorious activities in ruling over the surface of the world and was always magnanimous. After achieving such great success and a reputation which spread throughout the universe, he at last obtained the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport A responsible king or chief executive has many responsible duties to attend to in ruling over the citizens. The most important duty of the monarch or the government is to perform various sacrifices as enjoined in the Vedic literatures. The next duty of the king is to see that every citizen executes the prescribed duties for his particular community. It is the king's duty to see that everyone perfectly executes the duties prescribed for the varna and ashrama divisions of society. Besides that, as exemplified by King Prithu, he must develop the earth for the greatest possible production of food grains. There are different types of great personalities. Some are positive great personalities, some comparative, and some superlative. But King Prithu exceeded them all. He is therefore described here as Mahatma, greater than the greatest. Maharaj Prita was a Chatriya, and he discharged his Chatriya duties perfectly. Similarly, Brahmanas, Vaishyas, and Shudras can discharge their respective duties perfectly, and thus, at the ultimate end of life, be promoted to the transcendental world, which is called Parampadam. Padam Padam, or the Vaikuntha planets, can be achieved only by devotional service. The impersonal Brahman region is also called Padam Padam, but unless one is attached to the personality of Godhead, one must again fall down to the material world from the impersonal Padam Padam situation. It is said, therefore, Aruya Krishna Padam Padam Tatar. The impersonalists endeavor very strenuously to achieve the Padam Padam, 
or impersonal Brahma Jyoti. But unfortunately, being bereft of a relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they come down again to the material world. If one flies in outer space, he can go very high up, but unless he reaches a planet, he must come down again to earth. Similarly, because the impersonalists who reach the Padam Padam of the impersonal Brahma Jyoti do not enter into the Vaikuntha planets, they come down again to this material world and are given shelter in one of the material planets. Although they may attain Brahmaloka or Satyaloka, all such planets are situated in the material world. Text 8 <clears throat> Sutta Goswami continued, O Shaunaka, leader of the great sages, after hearing Maitreya speak about the various activities of King Prithu, the original king, who was fully qualified, glorified, and widely praised all over the world, Vidura, the great devotee, very submissively worshipped Maitreya Rishi and asked him the following question. Text 9 Vidura said, My dear Brahmana Maitreya, it is very enlightening to understand that King Prithu was enthroned by the great sages and Brahmanas. All the demigods presented him with innumerable gifts and he also expanded his influence upon personally receiving strength from Lord Vishnu. Thus, he greatly developed the earth. Purport Because Prithu Maharaj was an empowered incarnation of Lord Vishnu and was naturally a great Vaishnava devotee of the Lord, all the demigods were pleased with him and presented different gifts to help him in exercising his royal power. And the great sages and saintly persons also joined in his coronation. Thus blessed by them, he ruled over the earth and exploited its resources for the greatest satisfaction of the people in general. This has already been explained in the previous chapters regarding the activities of King Prithu. As will be apparent from the next verse, every executive head of state should follow in the footsteps of Maharaj Prithu in ruling over his kingdom. Regardless of whether the chief executive is a king or president, or whether the government is monarchical or de democratic, this process is so perfect that if it is followed, everyone will become happy, and thus, it will be very easy for all to execute devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada Ki Chai. Text 10 Prithu Maharaj was so great in his activities and magnanimous in his method of ruling that all the kings and demigods on the various planets still follow in his footsteps. Who is there 
who will not try to hear about his glorious activities. I wish to hear more and more about Prithu Maharaj because his activities are so pious and auspicious. Purport Saint Vidura's purpose in hearing about Prithu Maharaj over and over again was to set an example for ordinary kings and executive heads who should all be inclined to hear repeatedly about Prithu Maharaja's activities in order to also be able to rule over their kingdoms or states very faithfully for the peace and prosperity of the people in general. Unfortunately, at the present moment, no one cares to hear about Prithu Maharaj or to follow in his footsteps. Therefore, no nation in the world is either happy or progressive in spiritual understanding, although that is the sole aim and objective of human life. Text 11 The great saintly sage Maitreya told Vidura, My dear Vidura, King Prithu lived in the tract of land between the two great rivers, Ganges and Yamuna. Because he was very opulent, it appeared that he was enjoying his destined fortune in order, to, in order to diminish the results of his past pious activities. Purport The terms pious and impious are applicable only in reference to the activities of an ordinary living being. But Maharaj Prithu was a directly empowered incarnation of Lord Vishnu. Therefore, he was not subject to the reactions of pious or impious activities. As we have already explained previously, when a living being is specifically empowered by the Supreme Lord to act for a particular purpose, he is called a Shakyavesh avatar. Prithu Maharaj was not only a Shakyavesh avatar, but also a great devotee. A devotee is not subjected to the reactions resulting from past deeds. In the Brahma Sangita, it is said, Karmani nir dahati kintu chibakti bhajam. For devotees, the results of pious, past pious and impious activities are nullified by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The words Arabhan Eva. Arabdan Eva mean as if achieved by past deeds. But in the case of Prithu Maharaj, there was no question of reaction to past deeds. And thus the word Eva is used here to indicate comparison to ordinary persons. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, Abhajanantimam Mudha. This means that sometimes people misunderstand an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead to be an ordinary man. The Supreme Godhead, his incarnations or his devotees may pose themselves as ordinary men, but they are never to be considered as such. Nor should an ordinary man, not supported by authorized statements of the Shastras 
and acharyas be accepted as an, as an incarnation or devotee. By the evidence of Shastra, Sanatana Goswami detected Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be a direct incarnation of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although Lord Chaitanya never disclosed the fact. It is therefore generally recommended that the Acharya or Guru should not be accepted as an ordinary man. Text 12. Maharaj Prithu was an unrivaled king and possessed the scepter for ruling all the seven islands on the surface of the globe. No one can disobey his irrevocable, irrevocable orders but the saintly persons, the brahmanas and the descendants of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Vaishnavas. PURPORT Saptadweep refers to the seven great islands or continents on the surface of the globe. 1. Asia 2. Europe 3. Africa Four, North America, five, South America, six, Australia, and seven, Oceania. In the modern age, people are under the impression that during the Vedic period or the prehistoric ages, America and many other parts of the world had not been discovered. But that is not a fact. Prithu Maharaj ruled over the world many thousands of years before the so-called prehistoric age. And it is clearly mentioned here that in those days not only were there all the different not only were all the different parts of the world known, but they were ruled by one king, Maharaj Prithu. The country where Prithu Maharaj resided must have been India, because it is stated in the eleventh verse of this chapter that he lived in the tract of land between the rivers Ganges and Yamuna. This tract of land, which is known as Brahmavarta, consists of what is known in the modern age as portions of Punjab and northern India. It is clear that the kings of India once ruled all the world and that their culture was Vedic. The word Askalita, 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 indicates that orders by the king could not be disobeyed by anyone in the entire world. Such orders, however, were never issued to control saintly persons or the descendants of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu. The Supreme Lord is known as Achutta and Lord Krishna is addressed as such by Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita. Senayur upayur bhajye Ritam stapayame chuta. Bhagavad Gita 121. Achuta refers to the refers to one who does not fall, because he is never influenced by the modes of material nature. When a living entity falls down to the material world from his original position, he becomes chuta, which means that he forgets his relationship with Achuta. Actually, every living entity is a part and parcel 
or a son of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When influenced by the modes of material nature, a living entity forgets this relationship and thinks in terms of different species of life. But when he again comes to his original consciousness, he does not observe such bodily designations. This is indicated in Bhagavad Gita 5.18 by the words Panditat Samadarshinaha. Material designations create differentiation in terms of caste, color, creed, nationality, and so on. Different gotras or family designations are distinctions in terms of the material body. But when one comes to Krishna consciousness, he immediately becomes one of the Achyuta Gotra, or descendants of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and thus becomes transcendental to all considerations of caste, creed, color, and nationality. Prithu Maharaj had no control over the Brahmana Kul. Prithu Maharaj had no control over the Brahmana Kula, which refers to the learned scholars in Vedic knowledge, nor over the Vaishnavas, who are above the considerations of Vedic knowledge. It is therefore said, Arche Vishnu Shila Dir Gurushu Naramatir Vaishnave Jatibur here. Vishnurva Vaishnavanam Kalimalamate Padatirtem Bubudhi Sri Vishnur Namni Mantre Sakala Kalusha He Shabdisamanya Budhir Vishnau Sarveshwareshi Taditadasama Dear Yasyava Nadaki Saha One who thinks the deity in the temple to be made of wood or stone, who thinks of the spiritual master in the disciplic succession as an ordinary man, who thinks the Vaishnavas, a Vaishnava in the Achyuta Gotra to belong to a certain caste or creed, or who thinks of Charanamrita or Ganges water as ordinary water is taken to be a resident of hell. Padma Purana. From the facts presented in this verse, it appears that people in general should be controlled by a king until they come to the platform of Vaishnava and Brahmanas, who are not under the control of anyone. <laughs> Brahmana refers to one who knows Brahman, or the impersonal feature of the Absolute Truth, and a Vaishnava is one who serves the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Okay, that brings this to 7.41. We'll stop here, our readings for tonight. And tomorrow we'll start at text 13, chapter 21. Instructions by Maharaj Prithu. And in the meantime, we will wait for the assembled sadhus to share with us their reflections. Hare Krishna and what we've heard tonight.
Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Krishna oh, Krishna Hare Hare Yes Okay, first this evening is Shantarupa Hare Krishna Shantarupa Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj Hare Krishna And from Rati Manjari Yes, Rati. She says, May you continue to bless us by reading Srimad Bhagavatam out loud to us. Well, thank you very much for that blessing. I will receive it with uh, joy. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakta Peter. Yes, Bhakta Peter. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. And from Sudevi. Yes, Sudevi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. I'm hearing a lot of Hare Krishnas lately. I'm very this is very auspicious. Hare Krishna to you too, Sudevi Dasi. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna dear Maharaj and all assembled sages. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and Sri Man Bhagavatam. Hari Bo. And from Bhakti and Hena. Yes, Bhaktin Hena. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. Hare Bol. As we read today about how attachment to Lord Krishna is necessary to stay in the spiritual sky, or else one will fall down again, I remembered a portion of a poem I wrote when I was 17 and searching for spirituality. I wrote, I fell from the sky and again I am blind. How do I live when I do not exist? Your name is first on my list. Yeah. All nice. glories. Sorry. That's the end of the poem. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and to you, Maharaj, for teaching us about the active original world and defeating the impersonal conception of realization as the end. Thank you for reading to us and showering your mercy upon us. We are the most fortunate. Hare Krishna, I am your servant. Hare Krishna. And aspire to be the servants of all the Vaishnavas and, and everyone I meet. Hare Krishna. And from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading of Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna. From Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. He says, Thank you for reading, Maharaj. Thank you for hearing, Bhakti Rupa. And from Bhakti Peter. Yes, Bhakti Peter. Thank you for tonight's reading. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Today I was listening to one of your Bhagavad Gita readings where you spoke that submissiveness is the most important element of devotional worship, if I remember correctly. How can a new devotee cultivate this submissiveness? Well, real submissiveness comes from knowledge of our position in relationship to the whole 
In other words, the meditation is I'm sitting here in Hyde, which is a not a, such a big city, it's a town really. And but I'm just a small one person out of thousands and thousands, thousands, tens of thousands in the city. And this city is just one of 70 million in the UK, which is just one little island in the 7 billion population of the earth. And this earth is just a spot in the, in the, in the universe. So once we learn to think like this, that we are actually very, very tiny, it gives us more impetus to be submissive to things that we can't understand yet or uh, personalities that are uh, more exalted than we are. And in this, this, in this way, the process of submissive hearing and chanting, learning who we are in relationship with the material energy and the spiritual energy and the controller of both, gives us a, an ability to hear submissively. And this submissive oral reception is the only way to receive real knowledge. You can't receive real knowledge by doing research work yourself. You can't learn about the absolute truth through the imperfect mind and senses because they're limited and the absolute truth is unlimited. So only if the unlimited agrees to explain to you something about himself can we understand anything. But in order to be able to get that knowledge directly by the process of hearing, we have to be submissive. So, how to do that? It, we just have to wake up to the fact of well, who we really are. All of us are submissive. All, all of us are submissive. You have to go to the toilet at least two or three times a day. You have to. You're forced to be submissive. You have to get old. Here I am, almost at 77. I can't believe it. What happened? <laughs> we're forced. So either we're forced into submission or we, or we submit voluntarily. And if we submit voluntarily, then we can hear the absolute truth. So by experience of being in this material world and gradually losing a taste for being forced to be submissive, we voluntarily submit to the Absolute Truth. Then we become actually happy because that is our constitutional position. That is our Swadharma, Hare Krishna. This is from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. My question is, after reaching Brahmajyoti, people again fall down to this material world, even though Brahmajyoti is the spiritual world? 
the Brahma Jyoti is the sky in between the planets in the spiritual worlds. The Brahma Jyoti is the effulgence emanating from the transcendental form of Sri Krishna. And it is filled with souls who are liberated but who are not uh, aware of their individuality. They're liberated in the sense that they are not affected uh, by the modes of material nature. But, they, but the aspect of their own being uh, which constitutes uh, eternity, knowledge, and bliss is part, only partially realized. The eternity aspect is realized. They're aware that they're eternal and they're free from the modes of material nature and there's a certain bliss that comes from that, Brahmananda. There's a certain bliss that comes from being freed from the action reactions of the material nature. But their knowledge is not complete and they have no bliss, no real happiness, no real pleasure. But their constitutional position is to enjoy. Therefore, they have to come back down to the material world to, to try to enjoy. Only when we enter into the planets of the spiritual sky can we taste the real nectar, the real enjoyment of interacting in loving service with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Hare Krishna. Then our, our constitution of eternity, knowledge, and bliss is fully manifest. And we become truly happy eternally. Hare Krishna. Yesterday, two Krishna books distributed during lunch break. Hare Thank you so much. Om Tatsat. Om Tatsat. Thanks a lot, <coughs> my dear Ananda Murti. You're setting a good example. Please keep it up. Hare Krishna. Very pleasing. And this is from Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. Really appreciate how Prabhupada repeats these simple points again and again. We met with Shiva Ram Swami at the manor this weekend for a disciples meeting. He was saying that actual realization happens on the spiritual platform, and what we call realization means we understand a little more than we did. By consistently hearing these simple points, we understand them more and more and more and more and more. It's a really nice process that Srila Prabhupada has set up for us here. Very grateful. That's a wonderful uh, reflection and a uh, thank you very much for letting us know about that lecture. I missed it, but I appreciate what you just said. Thank you. And this is from Rati Manjari. Yes, Rati. Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, the giver of unalloyed truth. 
Thank you for reading to us once again. Tonight I like the purport of verse 3. I quote, The reception given to the king was full of opulence, yet he did not become proud. It is said, therefore, that great personalities of power and opulence never become proud, and the example is given that a tree which is full of fruits and flowers mm. does not stand erect in pride, mm. but instead bends downwards to show submissiveness. This is a sign of the wonderful character of great personalities. End quote. I love that comparison of a great personality to a tree full of flowers and fruits, which bends down to show submissiveness, even though it is full of great gifts and qualities. It is such a clear and beautiful image. Yes, thank you. This is the way we visualize and, and realize the truths of the Vedas. Thank you so much. And I thank everyone for their reflections. I would like to hear a little more uh, reflections of the points that are being read. I deeply appreciate your uh, appreciation for the reading, and uh, I will never take it for granted, believe me. But I'd like to hear more uh, of the uh, points that you're hearing and appreciating. Hare Krishna. So it came from uh, Rati Mandari. Yes, Rati. I also have a question. It was said tonight that the best gifts come from nature. One of the items mentioned was silk. I know silk is considered pure for in, for example, deity worship. Personally, I appreciate silk also. I have several silk saris. I have also heard that the way silk is made is by cooking silkworms into silk. It seems that this is an act of violence, is it not? How are we to understand that something which is prepared in this way is considered pure? There's, there, there are ways, there's not just one way to, to, to produce silk. The, the, the silk worms produce the silk. It's not that you boil the silk worms and create silk. The silk worms are creating the silk, like, like, we have, like the, like the uh, spider creates his, his web from his saliva. So this is considered a pure substance by the Vedas. But there are ways of extracting the silk without killing the silkworm. That is called matka, matka silk. So it's not that all silk is created in that way that you're talking about. And we, we prefer silk that is uh, matka, that is produced without killing the silkworm. Hare Krishna. From Ananda Murti. Yes, Ananda Murti. She says, Thank you so much. It means that it is Sri Krishna's mercy to come down to this material world again from Brahma Jyoti to realize the real knowledge and bliss in relationship with the Supreme Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's an opportunity given to us by the mercy of Krishna. Absolutely. Hare Krishna. So I'd like to thank all of you again. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samaveda Bhakta Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic as the glories of Prita Maharaj keep flowing into our ears.
Hare Krishna. See you tomorrow.